Sermon number 606, God's Way to the Promised Land, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, April 30, 1972. The text is Exodus, the 13th chapter, the 17th through the 18th verses. But God led the people round by the way of the wilderness. On this short-changed day, this day that is really rather lazy and tired, hear the well and the live word of God as it is found in the ancient book of Exodus, the 13th chapter beginning to read at the 17th verse. When Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people round by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For Joseph had solemnly sworn the people of Israel, saying, God will visit you, then you must carry my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. The distance between ancient Egypt and ancient Israel was less than 200 miles. In biblical days, anyone, anyone on camelback or upon foot travel could travel that distance in 10 days. Today you can travel the same distance by means of the modern automobile in less than four hours. In a jet airplane, in less than 40 minutes. Yet it took the Israelites 40 years, 40 years, to travel from the land of bondage in Egypt to the promised land in Israel. Why? Why did it take those people so long to travel such a short distance to such a great prosperous land? Was it because of their slowness, their sloth, 
their stupidity. No. The Bible tells us it was because of God. God did not lead them through the land of the Philistines, which was the closest way, but God led them around by the way of the wilderness to get to the promised land. Now there's a lesson here, ladies and gentlemen, a lesson which we must learn in this very fast-moving, technologically-oriented society. And it is namely this. Sometimes, but not always, our slowness, our sloth, and yes, our stupidity is what keeps us from getting to our promised lands. But sometimes it's God himself that prevents us from attaining our goals and achieving our promises. That may sound strange, but the fact remains for us as it was for the Israelites that sometimes God's way to the promised land is through the wilderness. And sometimes we are detoured and delayed by the providence of God in our travels toward the horizon, toward our hopes and toward our dreams. Now why would God do such a thing like that to us? Why? He created us. The good book tells us he loves us even more than we love ourselves. He tells us that he wishes for each one of us, you and me, all the fruits of the kingdom of heaven, even while we're here on earth. Why would he delay and detour us through the wilderness before we can get to the promised land, wherever that land is, for whatever it stands in your life? Why? For the same reason that he did delay those ancient Israelites whom he loved very much and whom he had destined to be his people, the people whom he had blessed to become a blessing. He did it for them. Though just like you and I do not always realize that the wilderness is created by God for us, for our benefit. Why? God sometimes leads us by the way of the wilderness, just as he did the Israelites, in order to protect us, to protect us from problems which we ourselves cannot perceive. The Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, they knew that the shortest route to the Israel was through the Philistine countries, but those people who had been in bondage did not know the power and the potential of the Philistine. God did. And he knew that those slave people could know how, no way, confront and be victorious over the great might of the Philistines. 
So God protected them. And instead of leading them the shortest way, he led them round about through the way of the wilderness. For one reason, to protect them, to keep them, because he loved them. Likewise, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we are forced to travel in the wilderness for the same reason. If we believe, and we should, for the Bible teaches that God never leaves us nor forsakes us, that God will never make you and me go through more than what we can endure. Now, if we believe that, and we should because it is biblical, then you see we must also believe that God will not lead us into those experiences which he already knows we cannot endure. If we believe, as the scripture teaches, God works for the good, for the good, mind you, in all things those who love him and whom he loves and whom he has called by his name if he is working for the good in all things then you see when we go into the wildernesses when we are forced to delay and to be detoured then there is goodness there you see goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives no matter where we are there's goodness in the wilderness. But because we are the creations and not the creator, because we are the children and not, not the Father God, we suffer in this world from limited vision. We see through a glass darkly. We see usually only one side of the situation. We can see only what we can see and we can never conceive of what it is that we miss. Consequently, when doors slam in our paths, when our plans are broken, when we are disappointed, when our promised land seems further away than ever, so many of us begin to concentrate only on one side of what we can see, and we begin to think only what we have missed instead of perhaps what has missed us. We begin to think only of the pleasure that we will not have instead of thinking about the problems we might have missed. I'm sure that those people, when God led them down through the wilderness, they were angry, they were upset, and they thought that perhaps God was blighting them, but he wasn't. He was giving them a blessing. But they didn't realize it. They probably thought God was punishing them by sending them into the wilderness. He wasn't. He was protecting them. Protecting them from problems which they themselves could not perceive. And that's the way it happens with you and me. Sometimes, sometimes, when we are delayed, detoured, have to take a new road. That's just God 
protecting us. Protecting us from problems which we cannot perceive. God led the ancient Israelites just like he leads you and me into the wilderness to prepare us for prosperity. That's another reason. To prepare us for our prosperity. God knew those ancient Israelites just like he knows you and me. He knows what we can endure and what we cannot endure. What we are prepared for and what we are not prepared for. What we can handle and what we can't handle. He knew that those Israelites had been in slavery for centuries. He knew that they had not only slave strong bodies, but they had slave minds too. They thought not like leaders and even like servants. They thought like slaves. And God knew that if he brought those people and delivered them to the promised land without a scratch or without a struggle, in the promised land they would still be slave people with slave minds rumbling around in, a, in an experience for which they were not prepared. God knows that you cannot enter promised lands too quickly, nor too easily. Too much, too soon, is the perfect formula for mediocrity and usual complete disaster. <coughs> God knew that the people of Israel, the people whom he loved, they were not ready for the prosperity of the promised land. So he led them into the wilderness to prepare them. And that takes time. A Cadillac you can get with a down payment. But a character, a culture, conviction, these take work. You have to wait for these things. You have to want them. You have to be prepared. So he led them into the wilderness. And there he taught them some of the intangibles of life, like confidence and faith and trust. He even allowed them to get hurt. To know the hurt of disappointment, of misplaced trust. He allowed them to suffer a little bit. He allowed them to know hard days. He institutionalized laws, both civil and moral, to show to them that that is the only way that those people, as any people, that's the only way they can prevent complete chaos and destruction. He gave them time to make mistakes. He gave them time to learn. He gave them time to build leaders, leaders with proper credentials. He built them into a nation. In the wilderness, he prepared them for the prosperity because God knows 
like some of my friends have had to learn the hard way. The prosperity is a two-edged sword. It can help and it can hurt. Prosperity can be a great thing and it can be a grotesque thing. It can help a man to be magnificent or it can turn him into a monster. It can help to make a woman wonderful or it can make her wicked. Prosperity needs preparation. And if we are not prepared, we'll never find the joy of the prosperity in the promised land. Over ten years ago, a book appeared on the market. It was entitled The Vanishing Adolescent. Remember? The thesis was quite simple. The author presented the idea that in those particular days, more than ten years ago, we were perhaps doing a very ugly and horrible thing to the young people in America. We were expecting too much too soon from them because we loved them and wanted them to escape some of the problems we had to know and some of the wildernesses we had to face. We gave our children too much, and we robbed them of some of the most important experiences of their lives, the wilderness years, the years of adolescence, the years of growing up. We banished these from their lives. You know, in the last ten years, as I have seen things develop, and especially with some of the young people who today are young adults. <coughs> I wonder if that author has not a point. We all need the wilderness in our lives. For if not, where else are we going to learn to be prepared for our prosperity? God led the ancient Israelites into the wilderness not only to protect them from problems which they could not perceive, but also to protect them from the worst enemy any one of us meets, ourselves, to prepare us for the prosperity which we will meet out there. And then I think God led the people into the wilderness to penetrate each of their personalities with the power, the presence, and the providence of himself. To penetrate the individual person with his presence, his power, and his providence. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the Israelites did not meet God in Egypt. They did not meet God in Jerusalem or in Israel. 
The fact remains these people met God in the wilderness. That is where God, who is always present, always near, became to them a reality, a resource, and a power in their lives. You read the book of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and you'll find that there the people found God. Because it's in the wilderness where God penetrates our personalities, our individual persons, and presents to us his power and his presence and his providence. It was in the wilderness where these people were able to listen and to hear for the first time the law of God as found in the Ten Commandments. It was in the wilderness where these people learned how to communicate in a very real and great way through prayer. It was in the wilderness where they learned to depend upon God for their daily bread as it came in the form of manna every morning from heaven. It was in the wilderness where these people learned the meaning of forgiveness through the ancient rite of atonement. It was in the wilderness where these people found the meaning of the tabernacle and where they learned how to worship God. It was in the wilderness where these people found the meaning of what it is to follow a mysterious power, a mysterious power which is just like the Holy Spirit in the world today, but when in that day was nothing more than a cloud in the sky by day and a cloud and a pillar of fire by night. These people learned how to follow God through the valleys and when they were on the mountaintops, when they were in the wilderness. Ladies and gentlemen, it is amazing what you can find out about God when you are in the wilderness. And what is equally amazing, sometimes we can't find God without the wilderness experiences. Some of the people that I know today have the greatest faith in God, and whom I consider to be the people who know God the best. The people whom I rely upon for help and for strength. They didn't always find God in church. They didn't first find God in, in Bible reading and in prayer. They found God in some wilderness. Some wilderness where they were suffering. And where they thought they had been detoured and delayed from reaching the promised land. That's the way it happens. And that's the way it will happen with us. I know not what goals you have in life. I know not what promised land God has placed in your heart through desire which you hope to attain. 
But all I do know is that someday, if not today, you're going to be delayed. You're going to be rerouted. You're going to find interruption. And instead of going directly, you're going to be led round about by the wilderness. When that day comes, or if you are experiencing it today, folks, do not lose heart. Just remember the ancient Israelites, God's people. And remember that when they were in the wilderness, it was either because of their protection, that God was preparing them for something greater, or that God was just about to penetrate their personalities with his presence and with his power. I ask God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to obey. I asked for help that I might do great things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my deepest prayer was answered. Let us pray. Father God, we know that our ways are not always your ways, but your ways always lead to the promised land. So when we go by the way of the wilderness, Lord, may we know that thou art the king of the wilderness as well as the promised lands. And under the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of his Holy Spirit be and abide with you all, no matter wherever you are or wherever you go. Amen.